Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and the only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott. As ever, Logical comes to you from the Jamiroa Lakes Towers-based legal firm, HPL Yamalaba and Pleska. And as always, the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalaba, is here. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. Thanks again for being here, as always. This time, Ludmilla, and we one of the reasons for doing this is we've been we spent some time recently looking at the new uh, UAE employment law. But I wanted to ask you about non compete clauses because we haven't really touched on this uh, very much. Before we get into the the meat of the discussion, as it were, let's just run through the topic once again. Can I ask you for a legal definition of the phrase non compete clause? It's a great way to start the answer because um, perhaps that's the very reason why there are so many disputes and there's so much um, discrepancy or perhaps misunderstandings about uh, the the objective and the purpose of the non-competition provisions in in the the UE law or any other law in the world uh, is the definition itself. Uh, generally speaking, what non-compete or non-competition refers to is that um, an agreement between an employee and the employer that once the employee leaves the company, they will not work for a competitor. So they will not um, work in a space uh, uh, by which uh, intentionally or unintentionally, they would be competing with their previous employer and therefore perhaps uh, compromising the previous employer's interests. I mean, that's the general concept. Uh, however, it's uh, it's a lot more refined, a lot more nuanced, and it, it must be viewed and applied that way. And unfortunately, in most cases, it is not. Employers just include uh, this general provision that employee is not entitled or is not allowed to work for a competitor after they leave the company and uh, for X period of time. And usually the X period of time actually is quite significant. Uh, and often it's uh, one year, sometimes we've seen two years, uh, and uh, and even more so, uh, it's um, very often, and it still strikes me every time, and how many years I've been in practice now, that I still see these uh, provisions and agreements pop up, and these are new agreements, where, for example, the companies prohibit the employee from working for a competitor, not only for a year or six months or a year, but anywhere in the world. I mean, as, as as absurd as it sounds, these provisions are all too common. I to, just today we are dealing with a number of these kinds of agreements uh, where employees are asking questions. Hey, we're leaving, but you know the company has these non non competes, and they basically prevent us from working in that particular space uh, for the next year or two anywhere in the world. Is this legal? So that's that's why your phrasing of the question is actually quite apt because. Uh, it truly, everything comes down to the definition of, of the definition of non-competition and ultimately the the original objective or the purpose of it. So I would argue that um, the actual the uh, purpose uh, of the non-competition and what kind of gave rise to the concept is the idea that you don't want uh, you you, or you want to at least have the the option of preventing your employee, your previous employer from going somewhere and either setting up a competing business or working for a competitor uh, by virtue of which they will be directly competing with you and by virtue of which your business will be compromised. So there's a few links to this equation. It's not just you going to work for a competitor. 
but it's just that you would actually be competing for the same business and not just competing, but ultimately taking away the business of your previous employer. And, and finally, that you are taking that business away ultimately by perhaps even virtue of something you learned with your first employer. So in other words, you're using the tools that they've taught you, they've given to you against them. So that's really, objectively speaking, how the non-competition agreements should be drafted. It's with that principle in mind, and this is how they should be applied. Uh, Now, the reality is such that most non-competition agreements, and they're not limited just to the UAE. We see a lot of agreements coming from international companies from different jurisdictions that are much, much, much more expansive and much more all-encompassing than that. Uh, And so the examples I gave you earlier, employers trying to prevent employees from working anywhere in the UAE are just all too common. Now let's dissect that. What does that mean? Is that ultimately, let's say, let's, let's take my field. That's an easy field to, to pick. Hmm. I have a, I run a law firm. I'm a lawyer. So who do I employ? I employ legal practitioners. So who are these legal practitioners and how do they become legal practitioners? Well, in most cases, they're lawyers. They went to law school. They went to law school to do what? To study law in order to do what? To practice law. Okay. So now, therefore, by very definition, wherever they go next, unless they have been fed up with the practice of law, they, it's, it's not chances, but it's most guaranteed that they will want to go work somewhere as a lawyer and yeah. use their legal background, legal experience at most likely another law firm. So, so therefore, for anybody in the legal profession, they will, wherever the employee goes, they will always be competing in, in, in a way. But are they really? So here's the definition, of, you know, and then the definition of competition has to be examined pretty closely. Uh, so, uh, and I would say competition has to be actual competition. So just because one of my lawyers goes and works for another law firm does not mean that they're competing. It may be that they are... Uh, that, that we our two practice areas never uh, never intersect and we don't really have common common clients common um, common work so you know yes we're both in the same space but uh, we're not really competing the reality is such that most the many companies view that as well are you going to work for a competitor which is not reasonable uh, then but equally so for example somebody goes and works for a a law firm that is perhaps more in my space and in my uh, segment in the market. So they are working, in fact, with a direct competitor. Okay. I mean, should I preclude them from doing that? And then if so, uh, for how long and in what vicinity? So if they are kind of more or less joining a law firm, small law firm like mine, but let's say in in Abu Dhabi, uh, should I have the right to preclude them? So the, basically the geography, the scope uh, of uh, the geographical scope also matters and should matter. And it really depends. It depends on the industry because in some industries, it doesn't matter whether you are right next to me or you are miles away. Just by virtue of what you do, you potentially will be competing. Uh, and then there's another aspect is, okay, so how, you know, how do you, uh, I mean, okay, fine. I go and I work and I compete and I work for a competing firm, but you know, it's I'm using what I know. That's my stuff. That is my, um, uh, you know, that is my knowledge. I can't 
you can't take it away from me. I cannot erase it. So how can I, what can I, what can I do not use, use that knowledge? So there's also that. So it really, in order for non-competitions to really uh, be applied meaningfully, each one of these elements needs to be considered and spelled out. And uh, kind of just to, to wrap this up, the UAE law, for example, non-competition, yeah, there is a specific provision. There was a specific provision of non-competition before in the previous law, and there is one in the new law. And the new law, it's Article 10. The, the definition is more or less the same as before, uh, but in general, it is predicated on the same principles that, I, that I've just outlined, which is, okay, fine, there is a provision, there is genuine interest, uh, not just you know, for society, for example, uh, to protect uh, companies and employers from unfair competition. There's definitely gen genuine interest in this, and so therefore the law exists to protect that. However, the law is also uh, more or less uh, explicit on, in terms of what it requires in order for non-competition agreements to be, uh, to be applied or to be enforceable. And so the idea it's, is the same. And the law states that you know, the idea of the non-competition is that uh, to disallow for the employee to compete in the same sector and if access to the customer business, especially if there is access to the same customers and the same kind of business. Uh, so there is that kind of overall provision. Yes, there, it's possible for companies to prevent their employees from working if that's going to be the same sector and ultimately will allow them access to the same cu customer and same business secrets. So that's kind of the premise of the law. And then it states that you could have a non-competition provision under those circumstances uh, that will state that employees must not compete, for example, but there has to be a specified place within which place. And then what kind of type, what, what time is sort of the, the time of non-compete or the, the term of non-compete and the type of work which they must not be able to do. Uh, and all of that basically should be done in the context of uh, so non-competition uh, in order that's necessary or the, the prohibitions or limitations that are necessary to protect legitimate business interests. So that's the, really the defining term, to protect legitimate business interests. So for me, if I run a law, when I run a law firm, uh, whoever it is that leaves my business, it, I, I should be able to protect uh, protect myself by uh, by ensuring that they don't work for someone else that will um, compromise my legitimate business interests. You know, but that in order to identify the legitimate business interests and potential damage to it, it does really require, require much more nuance and detailed definition of what your business interests are, what your industry is. It would, this is and, the thing. I mean, I'm listening to you now thinking this is a minefield. I mean, I can think of instances where, for example, it may be just cut and dried. If you do, I, I've worked in the media for a long time. Let's say you're a media salesperson. You leave, you jump ship to another newspaper I, that you and you take a database with you of sales contacts. That's a very clear anti-competitive uh, piece of behavior, isn't it? But but it is very, very nuanced. So how do you draft even a reasonable non-competition clause? Yes. And so um, before I answer that question, I do want to clarify one thing. So the example okay. you gave of taking the database of information and, and, and using it in a different company. And so that's, that's anti-competitive. That's actually, it goes, it's, it's more than that. It actually is amounts to theft. 
Yes. So that is actually subject to a, that's a breach of trust. Mm -hmm. That's theft. That's subject to different laws, not just in this country, but in other countries. So in this country, it will be subject to the criminal law. And that's uh, for theft or breach of trust, a breach of privacy. Okay. So ultimately, if you take my database and you use it, you use it anywhere, you're already stolen from me because you could be selling my database to a non-competing space, but you're still using my property to uh, to enrich yourself. Uh, so that is a crime in of itself. And, that, and there are different uh, claims for compensation in that space as well. So the non-competitions, and they are, by the way, rightfully, you mentioned your example, I, understandably, because they're often these two concepts, legal concepts are often intertwined. The non-competition and the use of um, proprietary information. Yeah. Uh, but these are separate legal concepts. And at and any circumstances, under no circumstances, should employees be allowed to take anything, any property, that's the property of the company, the previous employer, and use it for any other context other than uh, for that same employer. So that's just, just that that's kind of unequivocal. And property does not mean just physical property, it means intellectual property, and that is particular property that belongs to the company. Now, as I say that too, that's a somewhat of a different concept, but again, it doesn't extend to any information that you obtain while you work for that company, because let's face it, every day we read, read information, we read news, we read all sorts of publicly, we have access to public information uh, for that company. That information is not confidential, right? So it's not, it doesn't really belong to the company. It's, no. it belongs to the public and therefore it doesn't extend to that type of property, but anything that's proprietary to the company that's confidential and proprietary to the company must not be used uh, without approval from that company under any circumstances, because it will be not just a, a commercial civil dispute, it will be a criminal uh, violation. So, but what we're talking about, so let's say we're not taking your databases, but um, I work for you, let's say, in, for your podcast studio, and then you've te taught me everything you know about podcasts, in particular, uh, the, the equipment, the tools that you use, the, uh, the kind of the nuances, the refinement of, of your profession and your trade. You taught me all your secrets. And then I go and I set up uh, competing, basically, my own podcast studio. Uh, next to you. And so, so that actually would amount to an, a good example of something that should not be allowed and that you should, by law, be able to prevent me from doing this. Now, how do you do that? So what you would want to do is just to draft, when you draft a non-competition agreement, you don't just put a provision non-compete. You cannot compete in my space with a competitor for one year or two years, which is often the case. You should not be allowed to do that. You, in fact, if you want that agreement to be enforceable, you want to define, okay, here's me. Let's say use uh, you, Tim, the podcast studio. So this my business being this podcast recording studio. And in particular, let's say I record these types of podcasts. You know, this is kind of the format. You know, there's shorter podcasts versus longer podcasts. I work uh, primarily with professional uh, industries, for example, or a media or a scientist or you know, universities, whatever it is that sort of the, the segment of the industry that you think you've kind of cornered and sort of your bread and butter. Mm. And then you also describe, okay, so, but also as part of my, uh, my uh, studio, my business, uh, I use specific tools, I use specific databases, I use specific uh, your concepts and uh, so and so which makes my podcast what they are. So therefore, 
And you just kind of almost in, in practical terms, imagine yourself. So what would it mean for somebody to actually hurt your business? What would they have to do? And you define that from that perspective. So if I set up a podcast studio in Sri Lanka and I cover Sri Lankan farmers, uh, perhaps it doesn't really, <laughs> it should not threaten you, right? Uh, or, or for example, even if I set up a podcast studio, uh, let's say um, perhaps even, even next door to you, but I specialize exclusively, for example, with universities, hmm. educational institutions, not, something that you don't touch for example, right? Uh, I, you see, so, so there, are, there are ways, it's not, it's not one or the other factor, it's a whole sort of confluence of, of factors and they should really be considered and analyzed from the perspective of a specific business. So as a business, you know, is there a certain space that you just don't care about? So then you, therefore you should define the space that you care about, the space that you are in, but with enough detail and uh, Generally, you, even the geography should not bother you so much, right? Because let's face it, these days we're all kind of working from remotely a lot and digitally. So even if I have my podcast studio right next to you, but how many people do you actually have come to your studio? Not, yeah, it's probably the other way around. You go to people's studios. So the location of your particular studio might not, might not even matter. But what matters more is who your customers are, who your clients are, the subject matters that you cover, uh, perhaps you're the industries, the professionals, the contacts, and um, maybe maybe the format of your podcast, maybe how you sound, how you introduce your podcast, and so on and so forth. So mm. really, to, if you, the way to draft non-competitions is from a very pragmatic and practical standpoint, and that is, okay, what is my business? What is valuable to me? And I need to put this down on paper in enough detail so that later on I can, well, first of all, whoever comes to work for me, they understand that this is what's valuable to me. And this is, I consider this highly important and proprietary and valuable to me. So therefore, I do not want you to compete in this space. You can go be a lawyer, you can be a podcast uh, anchor and such, but you know, this is my space. Don't compete in this space. So it's, it's not easy. I mean, you know, I just gave you two simple examples, but how about all the many scientists, engineers, IT professionals, technology professionals? Uh, yeah. It's so, so, so nuanced. I mean, if you work for Google and uh, you know, you're an engineer, a tech engineer, what else are you going to do when you leave Google? I mean, you, you will have to work for another technology company. But so, so basically, it really has to be done in order for an agreement to be enforceable and to be valid and to be meaningful. It needs to be done and drafted with that sort of level of specificity and granularity and from the perspective of that, of that business. And if it's drafted that way, then, um, you know, then to be honest with you, then there will be much fewer disputes because even those employees who come into to work for you, they will see this up uh, ahead of time. And that whatever it is they do, because your agreement is so specific, it's very easy for them to know what they're not supposed to do. But right now, most agreements are so broad and general, they encompass everything. So you can't figure out what is it that I can do other than completely different trades. If I'm a lawyer or a podcast, you know, or media professional. So if I cannot work in the media sector, what am I supposed to do? Serve coffee, bake cookies, you know, drive Uber. You see, so most mm. non-competes these days are drafted that way, that it's impossible to figure out what is it legitimately I can be doing, uh, uh, but it should be the other way around, you know, as, as a 
as an employer, you should be so specific that the employee clearly knows what it is that they are supposed to not be doing, and then everything else is open to them. And so basically, the UE law, in fact, has always had this kind of concept or principle embedded in its laws, and the courts have been interpreting it and applying it with that in mind. And so um, a, in, the, in the laws, the previous law and in the new law, the non-competition must not exe- ex- exceed two years. Uh, and then it basically has to be specific and reasonable in terms of its scope, place, uh, and then and time. Uh, and it has to be quite specific. Uh, and so I will tell you one example. So in the UAE, we have seen courts all, over and over again always strike out non-competition agreements that basically preclude you from working anywhere in the UAE. And we've seen this before. And granted, yeah. the UAE is a small country, but it's still one country. <laughs> so generally speaking, any non-competition say you cannot work anywhere in the UAE. They're just not enforceable. So, or if somebody cannot work for one year, and you know, by the way, you can do that. You can prevent somebody from working in your space. Let's say if you know something very valuable for one year, but you have to compensate them basically for having a vacation. So if you don't want them to work, because you really think that in your space, no matter what they do for one year, they will be competing with you significantly, no matter what. Then what um, companies do is that they do have these non-competes, but they compensate the employee for ultimately having a beach holiday <laughs> for for a year. Uh, so that's how other sort of more um, intricate, perhaps more specific industries that deal with a lot more intricate kind of concepts and you know, let's say nuclear energy or some kind of a, a specific tech industry, you know for certain engineers their scope is so narrow and but they're so good at it and it could be so valuable so it doesn't matter who they go to work with it would be it would be a detriment to the previous employer so in those cases agreements where the previous employer was okay let's not pay you for one year just don't work then those kinds of agreements will be uh, will be enforced so and the ue generally speaking is based kind of on the same principles and same concepts embedded not only in the law but also in practice i do want to make one more parting comment is that right now in this country, we do not have or the courts do not uh, grant or don't have the powers to prohibit somebody from doing or not doing something. So, um, uh, so therefore, the non-competition agreements, they're only really applied or enforced here to the extent of compensating the, uh, the, 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 the party that has been um, uh, damaged. Uh, so they do not prevent or forbid an employee from working, but rather will issue compensation to the company for uh, for that employee's breach and the co- and and the damage that would have been caused as part of that breach. So the damages have to link to the employee's breach, and it has to be a breach of a specific enforceable agreement, and the breach and the damages have to be quantified. So it's actually in practical terms, it's not easy to enforce an employment, a non-competition agreement in the UE right now because you can only really ask for actual damages, a compensation for actual damages, and not to prevent someone from actually competing in your space. So is it reasonable? Is it even logical? And given the, the, the new UAE employment law, which is going to be in place as well, is it even reasonable to, to try to draft non-compete clauses because it seems to me it is incredibly hard to do it and to do it effectively. Well, something is better than nothing. 
and uh, the the law is there to ultimately allow for you to try to enforce your rights. So if you, uh, chances are, if tr there's truly competition, by the way, if there's truly competition, then, then there are good chances that you might be able to quantify the damage to your business. So being able to, uh, to get compensation for somebody uh, competing with unfairly competing with business is is still valuable though it will cost you money to pursue it mm. uh, but i will tell you in many ways and also remember in the future there may be the courts might have uh, new powers where they will be able to I issue what's called an injunctive relief and that is for example an order to not do something so to prevent tim from from setting up his own law practice <laughs> next to me, for example. Uh, so, but I would tell you from the practical standpoint, I think what's more important is that for this to be a, a deterrent, it just a, a deterrent and also uh, in a way sort of a, an express notice, because if you're hiring someone and you're hiring them expressly, uh, showing to them, listen, I'm hiring you, but I'm hiring you on, this, on, on these bases, which is one of which is, I don't want you, whatever it is you do, I don't want you to, for example, compete in this business and this business being one, two, three, four, five. So if you outline this ahead of time to them and they agree to it and then they put the signature to it and if it's specific enough, they have to be pretty rotten to later on go and set up a business that is expressly contrary to that specific provision that you have outlined. So in a way, the properly drafted non-competes serve as as guidelines, as a roadmap, um, clear roadmap that establishes for shows employees what they should not be doing. Uh, and because, as I said, the majority of issues today is that the agreements are so broad that employees don't know what they can be doing because they're so broad. But if you have something very specific, then it's pretty clear guideline to the employee, listen, this is what you're not allowed to do. So it's easy to follow. Uh, one and two, you have to really be a rotten <laughs> person to not to do it with that kind of specific uh, guideline in place and having agreed to it ahead of time to violate it uh, directly. So it's it has perhaps more practical, if not psychological, impact. It's it's almost it sounds to me it's almost like a reinforcement of good faith, isn't it? If it's uh, worded specifically and drafted in in the correct fashion, it, it, it's a test of good faith. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> That's another episode of Logical, all about non-compete clauses. As always, our legal expert here on Logical was Ludmilla Yamalaba, managing partner here at Yamalaba and Plethka in JLT. Thank you, Ludmilla. Thank you, Tim. As always, very uh, lovely to be chatting with you. You can find us at LY Law on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Whatever you do, don't miss Ludmilla on TikTok uh, either. We've also now got an easy-to-search library, hundreds of podcasts, all kinds of issues covered here in the UAE, and they're all free to listen to. To get your legal question answered in a future episode of Logical or for a consultation with a UAE experienced and qualified legal professional, click the contact button at lylawyers.com.